Welcome to the Sales Leadership Awakening Podcast. I'm Stephen Rosen with my wonderful co-host, Colleen Stanley, and together we tackle the age-old issue of bridging the knowing versus the doing gap in sales leadership. Colleen, welcome aboard another exciting episode with a great guest. Why don't you take it over? We do have a great guest. I'm a raving fan, so I'd be called a groupie because I have to do in full disclosure. I do know Rika from a prior career here, but I'm going to turn it over to Rika Cuff. If you'll introduce to our audience basically your title, what you do, it's a big role. That'll give some more context for our conversation. Sure. First of all, thank you, Stephen and Colleen, for having me on. Really appreciate it. My name is Rika Cuff. I am with Herf Jones, and I am Senior Vice President of Scholastic and Champ Sales. What that means is I cover the K through 12 space on the Scholastic side. So anything to do with graduation for high schools, eighth grade promotions, anything along that line. The really exciting part of my job is a championship space where we deal with winners every day. It can be championships from football to single unit type of teams or giant all-star cheer squads. We take great pride in making sure we recognize and put a ring on every champion's finger. That's what I do on the champ's face as well. Wonderful. It's exciting. Hopefully lots of champions coming up. Let's get a little more serious here and talk about from your perspective on a scale of one to 10, how important do you feel the role of sales leadership is in developing a strong sales culture? You know, if there was a higher number than 10, Stephen, I'd say it was higher than 10. Sales is a tough job. It's really tough. Everyone has an expectation. You have your own KPIs. You're always trying to track to something. Data is sometimes against you, sometimes for you. And you're trying to prove yourself almost every single day. Sales leadership, you never stop leading. You never stop motivating. And you don't have the option of having an off day because it might be that someone really needed you to be in that leadership role. So I take it pretty serious. I don't think it ever drops below a 10 for me. And if it does, I probably need to start my day over again. It's a high priority as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you can put it in any other higher priority. And I was remembering a quote that I believe it's culture eats strategy every time. So culture is key. Rika, I'm curious because again, we've known each other for a number of years, but we're always really intrigued when we're speaking to sales leaders like yourself. Was there a particular moment when you said, what, culture is not an option? Like Stephen said, we've got the great quotes out there. And then we hear whether it's LinkedIn posts, Facebook, wherever else people are posting, they're not enjoying their work. Sometimes I think they're blaming the company too much. Let me do also the kind of disclaimer on that. But knowing culture is so important. Was there a point where you said, this is a non-negotiable, this is my awakening moment, and I am making this that 10 plus priority is your moment, or is that just always the way you've been? It's a little bit always the way I've been. I think the difference for me is when I felt like it became my responsibility. And how I would define that is I came from really great culture. I've been blessed with a lot of great companies I've worked for, but I spent some time at Varsity Spirit. When you talk about the encompassing company culture and the love of company and why people work there, that really is everything about Varsity Spirit. So when you leave that world and you go somewhere else, you kind of expect that same culture, but you go back to why it was the way it was there. If you think about, from my perspective, it's because people really loved what they did. A lot of times it came from a cheerleading background or dance background, and then we got to grow up and be adults and you can't be a cheerleader anymore, but now you can work with cheerleaders and that passion drives through your profession. It creates a culture of, something that you believe in, you love, and it doesn't feel like work. 
So when I moved over, I was with Varsity Brands for a while, which was the corporate entity of Varsity Spirit, and then eventually moved over to Herve Jones back in 2017. It was very different, not because one company was better than the other, but it was that accountability of culture that I believe Varsity Spirit has had for a long time that we didn't have at Herve Jones. I took it as my responsibility. We had culture. It just wasn't the right culture. And sometimes it was no culture. And so I took it upon myself and my team. And we've really been trying to drive what that means or why, because we're in that business. Like I said at the beginning, when you're in sales, you're constantly being tested, constantly being challenged. You're up against the ropes all the time. So you've got to have that culture and that why that kind of grounds you to what you do. Herf Jones, we serve the most important customer because there's a student at the end of every single transaction that we do. Our reset button is that we're not selling just gadgets out there for anybody. There's a student who's going to cross a graduation stage who has a story. And I don't know what that story is, but there's a story behind every single student. Are we doing our very best to take care of that student? If we don't have the best culture and we are not carrying our why into our culture, into that end result, we are failing that customer who in our case is a student. It is a responsibility of culture for me and my team, my directors, my regional sales managers, all the way down to our independent sales partners take that very serious. Also is part of what I am really working to build with huge support from our executive team at Herf Jones. I love that. It's about making every graduate or winner look their best, feel their best. I think part of why we work for companies is we're looking for purpose, that we're making a difference somehow to someone's life. So I love the way you have tied that in to your culture and everyone recognizing the importance of that because we can all reflect back on that special day in our life. It's a milestone moment in most people's lives. When you talk to people, they remember weddings, they remember high school graduation. And for some students, they don't go into college. So that is their graduation. It is their milestone. And we can't ever take that for granted. It's an important piece. And we have a responsibility to make sure, to your point, they look good, they feel good, and that they get to have that moment because it's them themselves crossing that stage, shaking that hand, earning that degree. Beautiful. Rika, you're reminding me, it was a, something I read about Jeffrey Bezos years ago. And I don't know if they still have this tradition, but they have an empty chair sitting at their meetings. And that empty chair represents the customer. When you're saying that at the end of every transaction, because we could sit there and you get used to selling what you're selling and you forget the wine, you forget there's a person. You reminded me of that best practice that when they were in meetings, because of that empty chair, every decision was being filtered to does this serve our customer? Are we still showing up the way we're supposed to show up? I love that you reinforce that with your team. I think it's great. I think that's amazing. Actually, it brings me back to a story when sometimes as senior leaders, you get stuck in the boardroom. You're not out with customers as frequently as you can be, right? Part of as you've grown through organizations, some of your successes come through building really strong customer relationships. So I used to joke and say, can we put pictures of our customers in our meeting room so I can actually know what customers look like. As a sales leader, you want to be out there with them. Rika, it sounds like you've been through several iterations of the organization with this one buying that one. In the face of change, every organization has been through tremendous change with COVID. But what strategies have you found to be the most effective in fostering a culture where recognition is a key part? And how have you tailored these strategies to suit the team or the different situations. Maybe you can give us some examples of how you've been able to bring that culture over what you've done. 
Sure. I wish I could say I was an expert at this, but I'm really not. It's learning on the fly, but change, they've written so many books on it because it makes people uncomfortable. Sometimes we're not prepared for it and we don't like it. What I have found is consistency is key for me and recognition is key. They're the two things that I can control. I can control how I consistently manage people, the expectations I set for people and the accountability of people. I can control those things. And then recognizing behaviors. I really try to come from a place of the carrot versus a stick. I know that always sounds easier and it's really hard sometimes because you just want to chase people with stick, but recognition goes a long way. What I have found is we're just grown up kids. When I break it all down, it's we're just grown up. People like to feel recognized and it doesn't matter what your title is. It's nice to feel like someone recognized your extra effort or the little thing that you did. I have a great team that works with me and goes along with all my crazy ideas when I want to recognize people. We make a point of, we have a director meeting every Friday. That includes my direct reports. We do a meeting on Monday. We do one-on-ones on Wednesday and our meetings are Friday. I realize you everything I can. I know schedules get crazy, but try not to break those meetings because it's important for my team to know that they're important and their needs are important. We start every director call with recognition. It's the first five to seven minutes. And it's hard sometimes when there's like fires going on and all kinds of things happening. The best part about my team is I'm leading that call every week. If I started on something because we were in the middle of what's going on, somebody stops and says, hey, Rika, we need to start with recognition. We've gone through this where they hold me accountable. They hold me responsible. And we spend the first few minutes and everybody goes around and says, who do I recognize? It could be somebody from our plate worker. It could be a customer service person. It could be an ISP. It could be anybody. And why? I always write that down. And then I make a point of sending out a note to that person just saying, hey, you were recognized today on our director call by this person. I did that because I wanted to create a culture of you got through the long week and some weeks are better than others. You guys know this. Being able to level set with let's recognize what we did well. What it's really turned into is a lot bigger than I ever thought it was, is that the end person who gets that email from me that just says, you were recognized by this director on this call. When I start to get responses back from them, I realized how important it really was to stop what we're doing. Recognize people because everybody, to our point around the student, everybody has that story and the people working for us do it too. A huge shout out to my own team because they will remind me they are my accountability partners and they will remind me when I've forgotten that recognition is how we're going to start our meeting. Now it's a habit and it's something that we do and we will continue to do. And I would encourage people to do it because you have no idea until you've done it, the impact you can have regardless of your title of how much it means for someone just to hear us thank you because they could have had a worse week than you. That's one thing that I've done, Stephen. It's not probably a great idea, but it worked and it continues to work for us. You know what? That's what people are looking for. I know that through COVID, I coached many sales leaders and they're very difficult. Sometimes there's very difficult times that we had no idea when we're going to be out of the woods and the importance of keeping people motivated through difficult times, through change. That's very powerful. I don't want to take away too much, but what's the cost of what you do? <laughs> Honestly, it's nothing and it gives us everything back. We've taken that one step further, Stephen, where we had cards printed out. And what I did with our executive team, as well as my team, is we have cards that just say, Work today, we celebrate you and we make a habit of sending out a note. And I've encouraged my team and I've challenged our executive team 
I send one out one a week. I even sent a template in a word format of this is exactly where it starts and you can run it printer. It's okay if you don't have time to do a handwritten note, but you can run something through and sign your name to it and put one postage stamp on it. What's the cost of that? It's nothing. Somebody open up that letter that just says you stopped and took the time. It goes so far. We've gotten away from that because with everything with COVID, we're all doing more than one job. Every business is slowed down. Everybody is having to reach in other areas and we forget to stop and recognize, but at Hearst Jones, we're a recognition company. We've got recognizing the inside all the way out, or we're hypocrites of what we say when we say that the student is the most important thing. It's two minutes puts it together. It's two minutes. If you really think about that, and that's two minutes full blown, you can print that out. You can sign your name and write their address out in two minutes. And the best part about it is you will actually feel better before you did it. It's not like a pat on the back. You put that two minutes. It's like you stop to do the right thing for the right reason. You just got to assume that person on the other end is going to appreciate that. I've never once had somebody email me or call me and say, I can't believe you sent me that note. It really bothers me about you. It has been a full circle, something that I thought was just going to be a practice to level set on the week for my immediate team has really turned into something that's far bigger than us. Just a reminder that through change, through adversity, through all the things that are going on. We are human beings. We need to treat each other with respect and recognition goes a really long way. It's interesting because when you listen to what you just said, I bet everyone joining this podcast today has heard the power of thank you notes and are even recognizing. One thing I would ask maybe our listeners to take a look at, this is where you have to have the self-awareness to realize when instant gratification like you said, you've got fires burning. You're in the manufacturing distribution business. You've got fires burning over here. And so it'd be very easy not to go into delayed gratification and take two minutes that will produce big results there. I think it's a classic case of knowing your why and having the integrity to follow it. Which leads me to the next question here. Knowing that you lead what we call ISPs, some people might call them independent contractors. So everybody's got the context here. As you're creating this culture through the company being sold, private equity, you're held by private equity. Knowing culture is important. What have been some challenges you've faced? I'm guessing, like you said, it'd be easy to take these Friday morning meetings and go, we don't have time for recognition. But are there any other challenges that you can share with other managers that you faced and then that you pushed through? Anything come to mind? I just go back to consistency. I try to control the things I can control because so much is inconsistent and it's coming at you and how you handle it. I tell my team a lot because our independent sales partners, they are their own business owners. We really manage them by influence. They're not employees. You don't tell them what to do. So trust is a really big part of that. They have to trust that I'm doing the best thing for them, that I'm fighting on their behalf with corporate to do things that they need to get take care of that student. And same thing back and forth. Corporate needs to trust that the ISPs are doing right by the student. In the sales world, we're a little bit of liaison. We're in the middle. We have to balance a really fine line between it. And so trust, consistency, getting out there, making sure people know that it doesn't matter what title is. My favorite thing is being back in the school. I love being back in the schoolhouse, mm -hmm. walking around. Then you get to recognize the ISP in front of the principal for what they are doing. And it's a little bit of a bragging moment, but they get to feel that that spreads really fast. It's hard when you do a great job and you get a promotion and you move up and that's all fantastic. We all celebrate that. But sometimes I miss the days when I was just in the schools and I could just sell things and really be there. 
I make a point of doing that. I make a point of being out with my ISPs when I'm in the office with the principal and they say, oh, we got to be done by this time because the bell's going to ring. I was like, no, that's when I want to be in the halls. Because just feeling that energy of the students and teenagers these days, they're different than when we were in school. You got to get past the fact that they look different, they act different. They're a whole different generation. But it's who we serve. I don't know that I have the secret sauce, Colleen, for that. But what I think is understand your end user, understand your customer. In my case, I have two. I have a customer that I serve who's an ISP that I have to give them everything they need, be the very best in the field. Then they have a customer. So we have a dual customer. They wish that students, so the closer I can get to that student and the principal and what they need, the closer I can get to the ISP, what they need, that I can bring back to corporate to make sure that we're all collectively working on our why. Through change, it doesn't matter which private equity group owns us, who the president, none of that matters if we consistently keep our mind on that why and why it's important to do that. I take a lot of responsibility in that because if I'm not doing that, why would my team do that? I tend to kill myself a little bit out there and my team does it as well. I never walk away from a day in a schoolhouse where I was like, that was a bad waste of a day. It always feels good. I learned something about the student that we serve, the principles and the needs that they have now that are completely different because it changes so fast for administrators for what they're working with to bring it back to how do we as a company best provide everything we need and that principle to take care of that student. They have a huge responsibility as well. What I would say is consistency and just being present and trying to be a constant learner of who I serve and never making the assumption that I know what they need. It's beautiful. Our goal is to provide some very insightful tips. And I have to say, Rika, there's some very insightful tips that probably very easy if you're disciplined to execute. Colleen, I'd love to hear your take as to what your takeaway is that you can share in terms of all the wonderful ideas Rika provided us. I'm learning to write these down now, but one that I almost laughed out loud was we're just all grown up kids. You remind me of a story years ago. I bet this was. 12 years ago, I was working with a commercial real estate company. I'm going someplace here, by the way. And this gentleman had just received a $60,000 commission check. That's not chump change. And I happened to be sitting in his office and that came up in the conversation. Here's what he said to me. I said, congratulations. Wow, what a great check. He goes, yeah, it'd sure be nice if the president could get out of his office and walk down the hall and congratulate me. Now, two things there. One, he's a grown up. This is a bunch of cash and he still wanted that recognition. To your second point, you got to get out of your office because there's nothing like hearing it, seeing it firsthand and recognizing those people. I would say that theme and the grown up adult and the recognition and the consistency, and that's a discipline. I think that if you unpack that, the consistency comes from, I believe this is important because if you're doing something you believe is important, you'll do it. You'll figure out a way to make it happen. I know, Rika, your schedule is crazy. And you're still making the time for these important recognition tools and build a culture. That's what I got, Stephen. Okay. My is similar. I'm a big believer in handwritten recognition. I think that's a lost art, especially given the computer, our phones that we can text people. There's nothing wrong with sending an email and there's nothing wrong with texting somebody, or if you see them to recognize them, but taking the time to write something by hand and put it on a card shows thought. It shows you've taken the time and it's very powerful. That's why one takeaway Two, I do really believe there's a discipline. You've given some really great examples of one, 
If you don't bring it up at the beginning of your Friday meeting, someone reminds you that, hey, let's make sure we take time to recognize everybody or everyone to make a recognition. And for some of the senior leaders is once a week. Uh, others may just book off some time to spend some time for recognition. I always believe the more personal you can make it, for example, Colleen, the, the gentleman who made 60 grand, he knows the number and the money gets spent, but taking the time to congratulate him on that big sale or, or the big sales and mm -hmm. be specific to the address or to, to the market share gain they had or to the student that, that sent in a picture saying, hey, this was a great graduation. I think that there's some really exciting things that anybody can do. It's not due to lack of ability. Anyone can do this. That's right. It does take a discipline. One of the things you said, Stephen, which really reminded me, when I think I want to recognize somebody, I go through a three-stage thing. I'm like, I want to write them a note. But I travel a lot. And a lot of times I'm in airports. So I'm like, okay, I didn't bring the notes with me. I ran out of them. But then option number two is I want to send them an email. If I can't do that, or I send them a text. And I go in that order. The note card is always my first choice, but because people can say, I don't have time to do an email. I don't have time to do a note card. You can do a text. If you make a discipline that you're going to do it, you will find a way of one of those three because the person on the other end isn't going to care how you delivered the message. They're just going to take, they're going to appreciate the fact that you took the time. I think that's one thing. The other thing that I do a lot is a lot of people really are down on social media. I know social media can be used for good and bad. I use it for both, I would say. One thing that I love is I love to look in on what is important to people. You can learn a lot about people and what they post and what is important to them. And you can tie those into your conversations. I don't have the luxury of getting to know everybody the way I would love to know them. But social media gives you an opportunity to have a little bit of a glean and say, hey, congratulations on your first grandbaby. That goes a long way for me. I think that those are a couple things in our busy schedules. Everyone's um, schedules are nuts. But if we make a decision that it's going to be a discipline for us, then there's nothing to stop you from that. Then you use technology. You use social if you need to. You use email and text if you need to. If you can't get down to that face-to-face -face or note card. I think we just need to remind ourselves of that because this is not anything new I'm sharing. It's just something that a discipline that I've tried to do and I've not regretted any of the time that I've spent doing that. I'm going to add one thing before I wrap up. But one of the things you shared with me when we spoke earlier was the one thing about the handwritten in the cards is people put it on their refrigerators or people put it on their bulletin board. To me, yes, recognition is critical. It doesn't cost you anything, but there is a power in having a piece of paper because holding it in your hand, showing it to your spouse, I think there's an added power there. The recognition puts you as a top company. You want to be a top leader, spend the time to write it out. Just my personal opinion, use technology if you have to, but there's a real power. People save those for a long time. I think I shared that with you, Stephen. I had a spouse who actually said to me at a sales conference, the note that I sent her husband was on their refrigerator. I would have never expected that, but that just shows how important it is. You are a hundred percent right. We should all be able to take that two minutes to do it and there should be no excuse for it. I just know that reality is sometimes Days are busier than others, but absolutely to your point. Thank you. As we wrap up another great episode, I think you shared some really implementable things to improve culture, improve recognition, improve performance. To me, you've helped bridge that gap between knowing what to do and actually doing it. Culture is key. Recognizing people in a culture is fantastic. Make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes as we continue to awaken sales leaders. 
with tools, techniques, disciplines that can help you transform yourself into a great sales leader. Thank you, Rika. It was fantastic. Colleen, thank you as well. Absolutely. I told you, I'm a groupie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on here now. All right. Thank you.